Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Miesler. All right, so I'm on the steering committee for DEF CON's AI Village, and we're looking for sponsors to help fund the event. As you might imagine, the event is designed to educate about AI security and help find real-world problems with the underlying technologies. There'll be a red team event against multiple LLMs from various companies, as well as another broader scope AI-based CTF and tons of other activities. So if you're at a company that would like to contribute, please reply to the newsletter or just send me an email with uh, your information to pass on. The money will be used for overall event support from purchasing laptops to creating signage to procuring staff to run the events, etc. And like 20K to 50K sponsorships would be super helpful. And uh, your company will be mentioned and appreciated as a supporter. So really appreciate that. Just reach out if your company wants to help. Okay, got three new blog posts out this week. Lots of content this week. Um, got an attack surface map, an overview of how to think about AI attack surfaces as they'll appear in the real world in terms of like tech stacks, like full, full stack applications, not just LLMs. AI influence level, a rating system for how much AI exists within a creative work. Six levels that go from zero AI involvement to mostly AI with no human involvement. And then the next big thing is digital assistance. And this is all about digital assistance and how I think they're going to be basically the interface to technology in the not too distant future. I don't think this is sci-fi. I think this is coming very soon. All right. Starting off with security news. Cybersecurity firm Dragos faced an extortion attempt after a cybercrime gang tried to breach its defenses and infiltrate the network. So they accessed a SharePoint cloud service and contract management system, but they weren't able to get anything sensitive, at least according to so far, you know how these go. Sometimes they develop and get worse over time, but nothing like that so far. There was no breach of Dragos's network or cybersecurity platform, and they tried to extort Dragos, um, but the attempt failed. And actually, Robert Lee had an interesting tweet about this, basically saying they got harassed, like threatened, family threatened, just crazy stuff, but they did not pay and refused to interact with them. And, uh, they had a really cool graphic that came out. Uh, they, they basically put out a graphic as part as part of the announcement and it showed the timeline of like what the attacker did versus what they did. Really, really cool graphic. All right, next story here, FBI nukes snake malware. So the FBI and Five Eyes Nations took down Russia's FSB-operated snake cyber espionage malware infrastructure. With its market-leading automated compliance platform, Vanta helps your business scale and thrive while reducing its need for countless spreadsheets and endless email threads. With Vanta, you can automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, GDPR, HIPAA, and more, getting audit ready in weeks instead of months. You can save hundreds of hours of manual work and up to 85% of compliance costs and utilize a single platform for continuously monitoring your controls, reporting on a security posture, and streamlining 
audit readiness. Watch Vanta's three-minute demo to learn more, and you can see that demo at vanta.com slash ul. That's vanta.com slash ul. So the snake malware is described as the most sophisticated tool that the FSS arsenal has. Yeah, Federal Security Service Arsenal. Yeah, I believe it's the same as FSB. I'm not quite sure. But um, it was used to surveil sensitive targets, including government networks, research facilities, and journalists. It infected computers in over 50 countries and all sorts of different American entities. And U.S. law enforcement neutralized the malware through a really cool operation that basically just had it attack itself called Operation Medusa. And uh, it was famously, this this malware is famously difficult to remove and it had been under scrutiny for like two decades. And really good coverage over at New York Times about this. Next story here, a previous executive at ByteDance is claiming that the company engaged in, quote, lawlessness, including content theft and Chinese Communist Party influence. So this uh, Yintao Yu, former head of engineering for U.S. operations, said that he was wrongfully dismissed and accused the company of stealing content from Snapchat and Instagram in the early years. And this is like five years ago. Keep that in mind. And most importantly, he claimed that there was like a little division inside the company there that basically was CCP and they had access to everything, even though it was in the U S keep in mind, this is like five years ago. So I think they did make some controls, but to me, that doesn't really matter that much because any controls to make things not like that seem obviously counter to the way they wish things were, which is the way they set it up initially. So CCP access in the default and desired condition seems like the norm for them. And that's a strong no for me. Like, I I don't care if they put the things in place just to look good in front of Congress. Like what they do when no one's looking, that's, that's really who they are. Next one here, ubiquity hacker OPSEC fail. So the hacker who came after ubiquity, it was actually an internal user. Uh, his name was Nicholas Sharp, evidently gets six years in prison for stealing corporate data and attempting to extort the employer. So they stole over 1400 AWS task definition files, 1100 GitHub code repositories, tried to extort 50 Bitcoin, which was like 2 million at the time from ubiquity posing as an anonymous hacker. But unfortunately they were using a VPN to come in from, you know, remotely and look like an anonymous hacker. But one time, one time they accidentally didn't engage the VPN and came in from their own IP address and OPSEC did it. Um, it was linked back to him and they unraveled the whole thing, including the logs that he had changed and everything. So yeah, OPSEC matters. Next one here, North Korean hackers reportedly stole $721 million in cryptocurrency from Japan since 2017, counting for 30% of global losses. 30%. Yeah, so groups associated with North Korea targeted Japanese crypto assets. And next story here, the FBI shut down 13 more DDoS for hire services last week. 
Technology News, Google I.O. 2023 recap. So they showed a ton of new AI-related features and honestly surprised me with how good some of the stuff was and how many different things there were. So um, Google Maps, Immersive View for Routes, AI-powered Magic Editor, Magic Compose for photo editing, Palm 2, the newest large language model, which they're using for a lot of security things, Bard Chat Tool uh, improved quite a bit, and uh, some search features as well they're, they're teasing. I think the biggest piece here is search. If they can get AI results integrated in high enough quality within the next few months, I think most people will probably stick with Google if they have the, you know, GPT features. But the longer they wait, the more market share they're going to lose. And I think the main competitor might actually not be other search engines, might actually be LLM searches. Like I have this thing called Mac GPT. I just query that and it gives me answers to most things like really, really well. Google also released Music LM as part of that. It's an experimental AI tool that turns text descriptions into music, despite initial hesitation due to ethical challenges. They basically were on pause for a lot of the stuff, and I'm sure CEO was like, uh, no, we're not pausing. We need to release. We need to be out in front of all this. So, um, yeah, I signed up for this thing, but I can't play with it yet because I haven't been... Um, accept it into the program. I don't know if they're doing a lot of acceptance or just a few. Human news. Tucker Carlson, who was recently released from Fox for being too legally dangerous, basically, is starting his own show on Twitter. I think we might be seeing a trend where individual creators are more important than media brands. Like CNN is struggling, Vice just declared bankruptcy. Turns out people watch people, not networks. And we've all learned enough about catheters and erection pills on these, uh, you know, cable news networks, cable news entertainment networks. And I honestly hope this is the start of a major decentralization towards creators and away from media outlets. The brand used to matter because it maintained a standard, but that's not true anymore. So let's take the last step and just go to the sources. We can use third-party AI-powered verification services to validate the claims made by creators. That's probably a service that's coming up soon. Like, it'll just parse the transcript, pull out every claim, and then, like, see how true that thing is. And that would be a sick service. Damn, I should make that. Anyway, um, I think that'll be as good or better than a network trying to control someone, you know, saying something on Fox or CNN. I, I just, it's so old world. And I, I can't wait for it to go away. Social media influencer Karen Majory created an AI version of herself as a companion for fans, but it went rogue and started engaging in explicit conversations. So it was designed to act like a guy's girlfriend for a dollar a minute. It was meant to be flirty and fun, but not sexually explicit, but it's been engaging in explicit conversations despite not being programmed to do so. And her team is trying to fix it, but, uh, yeah, this is what can happen as we saw with, uh, Tay from Microsoft. Ideas and analysis. Caveat scrape tour was talking with, uh, Joseph Thacker and UL chat yesterday. And we were talking about how AI agents are about to start parsing like everything. We came up with the idea of posting LLM attacks on your own content leaked to a detector to see when it fires and just gathering the hits that come in. 
we anticipate that such triggers will be pretty quiet at first, but they're going to start popping seriously in the next few months. Caveat, scrape tour. All right, notes. I have my new AI beast of a machine working. I posted the screenshots in UL chat. I'm now experimenting with a bunch of local models to find some cool ones. I'm using Uba Guga or Uba Booba. I can't, something like that. It's like a web interface for loading up uh, models, local models. And uh, yeah, it's been a bit of fun, but ultimately I'm moving all the models to Langchain agents that route between local and remote models based on the task that I'm asking it to do. Like if it's local documentation that might be sensitive, I want to do all that with local models. And if it's something, you know, about the wisdom of the universe, it's going to need a bigger model like GPT-4. So that'll go out to the internet and that will all be handled by an agent router. And that's what I'm currently building. So if you're hacking on this kind of stuff, come hang out in the AI channel and you all chat. Discovery. GPT code interpreter results without using a browser, using Langchain instead. This is one I'm messing with. Pretty cool. Langchain now has plan and execute agents. They're like AutoGPT, but in a more programmatic and stable way. And not annoying way as well. Young people in the U.S. are picking up fake British accents. My quick take on this is, one, it's fun, so don't read too much into it. And then, two, I'm going to read too much into it, which is young people seem to be especially in need of defining characteristics right now. Some people are feeling like they need to be what they see on TikTok because it's getting them attention. So why wouldn't they do it as well? And speaking with an accent is an easy way to get instantly noticed. So that's what I think that's about. Plus, I mean, <clears throat> language just sounds better with a British accent. Um, so I don't know why we wouldn't do this. I don't know why I wouldn't. Maybe I'll do a whole, sh whole show in a British accent before too long. It's not too bad, actually. If I watch a bunch of British stuff right before, I could pull it off fairly well. Unfortunately, I mix them together. I go like upscale and downscale and mix them all together. It's no good. All right, LTE sniffer, an open source download uplink eavesdropper for LTE. A taxonomy of procrastination. This was a really good one. Someone got famous by appearing in Microsoft's coding security videos, and employees actually like watching these videos. This is the way. This is the way to have training penetrate into the actual mind and soul is by being entertaining. And hat tip to Rachel Toback, because she's like the expert on this. And acceptance address by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Really powerful piece of uh, content there. Recommendation of the week. Take a step back from the AI and lane chain tooling and do the following. Think about what you should automate. Think about the tasks that make up your day and your life. Do you do a lot of news reading? Do you have a blog? Do you have a newsletter? Do you run a local baseball team? Do you collect recipes? Are you doing some other kind of hobby where you have to collect stuff and organize stuff? Do you have like a journal um, or mind map software, or you use Obsidian or Notion to organize things? These are all things that can be automated using AI. You don't want to start with tools. 
Because if you start with tools and you don't have a problem in mind, the learning kind of hits you and rolls off. Nothing really sinks in because it's not being applied to a real world situation. So think about the real world problems and start there rather than with the tooling. It'll make your study a lot more sticky because it's tied to something tangible. And the aphorism of the week. The formulation of the problem is often more essential than its solution. The formulation of the problem is often more essential than its solution. Albert Einstein. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time. <laughs>